welcome to the UK and Ireland Minnesota Vikings fan club podcast. I am your host, Mr. Richard Dawson, and I am welcomed today by the usual Motley crew, all-round nice guy and vice club president, Mr. John McDonald, and... You don't know how to introduce me now, do you? It will all become clear later in the episode. I promise you that. I am mostly all-round nice guy, Reesefield show producer and of course he is your host mr richard dawson so yeah um i think lack of sleep coupled with a slight hangover and some um and some breaking club news changes the intro to our podcast today but it does not change the fact that we're going to talk about nfl football so apparently there was some small game in vegas with some pop stars played last night so we're going to talk about that we are going to talk about our co-founder and departing president of the fan club, Mr. Tommy Bouchain, who has been a stalwart of the club since it started. And we've got some very kind words to say about Tommy. And also the future of the club balanced on that breaking news. Uh, we've got some got some some stuff and some things to deliver. So put your seatbelt on, hold on tight, and let's get into the Super Bowl. So, of course, there was a little game in Vegas played last night. I went to the box bar in Leeds with some other fan club members to watch the game. Did I come away happy? I came away really tired. Uh, I think it was a great game, actually. I think the the defensive masterclass from both sides was uh, a joy to watch for people who appreciate, really appreciate that side of the game. Of course, it was all the other... furor that goes with the game halftime shows adverts and all that sort of stuff but uh yeah i actually i really enjoyed myself watched the game a good game of football in really good company john did you manage to get out did you manage to watch the game i did i watched it at a local sports bar down here i couldn't make it to Leeds, unfortunately due to travel issues but uh yeah it was it was a good it was a good game very slow to start very slow, but uh, a defensive master. It was for the purest, shall we say, start that game. Yeah, we were um, we were all hyped up. There was a DJ in the bar. There was uh, playing some good tunes. It was, you know, it was a really packed venue. Uh, we had our really good spot as usual, right in front of the big screen, and then we all had our own little screen as well for the table. Um, a few few drinks flowing. You know, really excited for the game, and then nothing happened for a while, which. It's well, I say nothing happened for a while. Two really good defenses came out and played a really good defensive game of football. Mahomes never really got going, but I don't know if that's because he didn't get going or if that's because the 49ers defense didn't let him get going. And I think McCaffrey just didn't didn't find what he usually finds in the first quarter of the game. Um, again, is that because the 49ers weren't finding those opportunities or is that because the the, the defense on the Chiefs was really really good Reese, what did you think of the first quarter of the game where did you watch it from what did you get up to well I enjoyed the game from the comfort of my own home I had a nice nap before which was you know fantastic because I think whilst people had to rush around getting to Leeds and sports bar I was able to roll out of bed make dinner around half 10 and then sit down and watch the game which was really nice um and like you say, it was a game for the purist. Um, I gave, I tried to give the Super Bowl the uh, the sort of well-known Instagram treatment that we've uh, given Vikings games in the past. And the first quarter was like a lot of Viking games this season. It was very hard to find stuff to post and uh, make it entertaining. But, you know, we try. And 
thankfully Pat Mahomes sounds like Kermit the Frog, so it makes my life a little bit easier. Yeah, if you haven't uh, caught up on our Instagram feeds and Instagram stories after any Vikings games, I would very much encourage you to do so. It is, uh, it is a, a, a very entertaining piece of social media, put it that way. And yeah, Reese does a really good job doing that. But yeah, I, if, uh, I think I watched the first quarter and as soon as Christian McCaffrey fumbled the ball, which never happens, it was almost like we were in for a bit of an odd game, really, which uh, was a, a bit surprising. I think um, I wanted some some spark, really. I wanted some spark in that first quarter. It never really happened. But actually, when Christy McCaffrey did score his touchdown, I thought the game started to come to life a little bit. And I thought there was going to be be some some big plays. And, and there was. There were some big plays here and there. Um, Purdy made some some good offbeat throws. I thought the secondary coverage from from both both teams was really good, and it it really stifled quarterback play. And uh, I was listening to the, the the commentary, and Bosa did an exceptional job of making sure that Mahomes couldn't do the things that Mahomes likes to do: really roll out of pockets and find exceptional plays. Just really good secondaries, and and like you say, for the purist. It was a good game to watch, but when you're in the UK and not many of your mates watch American football and you tell them all to stay up on a Sunday night and watch the biggest game of the season, and then that happens, it's not the biggest advert for for football in the UK. I mean, you you said earlier about the spark. The spark didn't come from McCaffrey, did it? It came from Joanne Jennings. You, You know... Of course, everyone knows the Chiefs won. Everyone knows that Mahomes got Super Bowl MVP. I don't like that it goes to the winner because I thought that, that of all the players on the field, I mean, Joan Jennings, he uh, he stood out above all. Passing touchdown, first received to do that in I don't know how many years in the Super Bowl. Receiving touchdown, even right at the end of the game when... Um, you know, over time when the pressure came at Purdy, he won he won his route. And if Purdy had a fraction of a second more to to throw, it's a walk in touchdown. He was phenomenal all game. Um, when you think everyone spends all season talking about McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, it's very easy to overlook these guys who who are always there and are dependable. And yeah, it sucks for him. I think more than anyone else. And also, you got to give a shout out to Armstead because, as you say, with Bosa, every time Bosa did something to make Mahomes uncomfortable he just ran into Armstead every time and it was um beautiful to watch yeah good synopsis of the uh of the game that I'd also like to give a little shout out to Rashid Rice because I've I've mentioned him a couple of times in the in the podcasts um this season and I think he's had a really good season um with the Chiefs and he was used I think he was I don't know whether he was forced into it or they were just being clever around the 49ers defense, but it was used in a couple of different ways, some really good running plays. Um, I thought he, he, uh, he had a really good game yesterday, which uh, which didn't surprise me. But what, what did surprise me won't surprise anyone of regular listeners to the show because I had predicted a bit of a score fest. I thought when you've got Kittle, when you've got McCaffrey, Ayuk, uh, Samuel on offense, Juszczyk, I thought... I would have thought you've got to be predicting three or four touchdowns between that group of guys over a game. And then you look at the other side of the ball and you've got uh, Rice, Kelsey, you know, Mahomes doing what Mahomes does, uh, Pacheco. Again, I thought 
you've got you've got to have three or four touchdowns in that group of guys. But uh, obviously, I was wrong again. Uh, so, yeah, that uh, that that didn't pan out. But still a good still a good game. And like like you say, Reece, some some good shout out to some good players. Yeah, I have to agree with Reece there that Jennings should have got a uh, MVP, even though he was on the losing side. He made that game what it was and changed that game to what it was. What do we both think of uh, the decision by Shanahan to take the ball in overtime? Do we reckon that was the right decision? I don't. I don't personally. I don't agree with taking the ball in overtime. I, I'd prefer to kick it, and then you know what you've got to do. Well, I think if you're if you're in a position where you're driving and you're dominating on offense, you've got the momentum take the ball and I would have expected the Chiefs won the toss for the Chiefs to take the ball because they had the momentum but the 49ers struggled they limped to field goals they went for what three consecutive punts at the start of the second half and you know that double digits lead they had at half time was short-lived yeah um, I don't know I'm sure there'll be some tactical and technical and digital and analytics experts out there that'll say you should or shouldn't take the ball in you know, in various periods of the game, or you should or shouldn't go for it on this down, shouldn't, you know, it's just, I think sometimes you just got to feel it. And for me, going into overtime, the Chiefs look like the better team. And I wouldn't want to give them the ball, if I was honest, to start overtime. I would want to take that away from them and see if we can cool down their offense. And if you can get a touchdown, really put them under pressure and just see what they can do under under that level of pressure, in that game, in that moment, like I say, a different game, different moment, potentially you do something a bit different. But uh, yeah, uh, either way, it was odd that, that Mahomes got Super Bowl MVP because it, it could literally have gone to anyone. There wasn't really a standout player until the last drive and until that drive in overtime, which I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed that it took that long to find someone. But there was other players in the game. I think, like I say, I think Bosa played a really played a really good game, and um, you know the kickers on both teams were 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 pretty good. Um, you're never going to give MVP for a kicker, but uh, um, yeah, it's I, I get why you asked the question, John. I can't remember what year it was, but I think a kicker did win MVP of the Super Bowl for Washington. In the early years, I cannot remember what year it was, but yeah. Well, it's never going to be a Vikings kicker, is it? Let's face facts. Not going to be a Vikings kicker, no. Uh, also, the very unlucky punt that uh, the Niners had just clipping that uh, player's foot. Oh, it, that freak things like that don't happen unless it's a in a big game like that, it's just ridiculous. He tell the kick the the receivers clearly telling him get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. And he just couldn't move out of the way quick enough. Yeah, I, I and really that was the absolute turning point in the game because I think if the the Niners secure the ball at that point um, instead of turning it over, does the game play out differently? Probably. Um, I think the, the Niners securing that ball and then taking taking the drive does change the game. It, big games sway on big moments. And it, there's just nothing you could do about that. There's nothing you could get out of the way fast enough. And, it, you know, the, the, it's just really disappointing that 
I don't, you know, if you drop the ball in a big occasion or if you, you know, you fumble, if you do something, but for the game really to be pivoted on that moment, for a neutral fan, it's a little bit of a kick in the teeth, really. Special teams for special players, that's what they say. And, you know, those players are the guys who have to have that awareness of where the ball is at all times, because that can happen. That really can happen. And, you know, it's hard enough when you've got a, a gunner running you down, like, you know, someone great like Najee Thompson does for the Vikings, running you down. You've got to know where the ball is and yeah, one misstep in it, it can cause that situation. And, you know, did it bring the game back to life? 100%, because I agree with you. I think the game was done. But you, you just can never predict what's going to happen in the NFL. Yeah, and it... It's really difficult to explain to the neutral as well, you know, whether the ball is active or inactive based on touching and not touching the ball. Um, yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it's it, it's one of those incidents, like I say, that I think I'm more disappointed because I wanted the Niners to win. I wanted Christy McCaffrey to get his ring. I wanted the the Purdy story and uh, and story arc to end with a ring in his uh, first full healthy season. You know, that's that's what. I think most neutrals wanted, unless you're a Chiefs fan, there's not going to be that many neutrals cheering for the Chiefs because they're the best team and no one likes to be cheering for the best team. People like to cheer for the underdogs. Apart from when we were in the bar last night, uh, we had a couple of spare seats on the table and a security guard came over to us and said, there's just a couple of uh, of ladies in the bar that are, are really struggling to get a seat. Can you uh, can you entertain on, on your table? And... Um, uh, two ladies from New York who were visiting uh, their daughter who studied at Leeds Met University uh, came and they were both Giants fans and they were both rooting for the Chiefs, which I couldn't really get my head around. But yeah, it was quite a good dynamic during the game where we were cheering for the Niners and they were cheering for the Chiefs and it, it ended up being a little bit more of an enjoyable game because uh, we had someone to bounce off, which was uh, quite fun. But The other thing that I was a little bit disappointed in last night is um, whilst the box bar is a great spectacle to watch football on and um, it was a a really fun night, they only had the UK coverage of the game, which means I missed pretty much all of the US commercials during the game. Gentlemen, did you see any of them? Did you enjoy any of them? I have watched watched a few this morning. Because I was at a sports bar with the Sky Sports coverage, so, but yeah, uh, I quite enjoyed the new State Farm one with Arnie and Danny DeVito. Not Tommy DeVito; he doesn't play quarterback for the Giants. But yeah, that's quite that's quite, was quite funny. Reminded me very much of the Simpsons with uh, Rainier Wolf Castle. Not pronouncing words correctly is very funny. I'll have to go back and watch that back. What about you, Reese? Did you catch any? Yeah, I saw them all watching at home. I, I absolutely love Super Bowl commercials. And, you know, the commercials we get on, on Game Pass, I think it really does make the watching experience a lot more immersive. Um, Paramount Plus, of course, that was dropped before the Super Bowl. Very entertaining. Patrick Stewart, um, or Sir Patrick Stewart, rather, throwing Hey Arnold into a cliff uh, because he's shaped like a, uh, a football. Certainly interesting. Um, a moment that was too big for Tua, um, not the first one this season as well. Um, but for me, the one that stood out was I think we peaked at, well, I think we peaked early with Arnie and DeVito, but um, Mr. T 
putting the tea into sketches was uh, quite quite memorable too. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch some of these back. But uh, the only thing I did immediately watch when we got back from the game, because I'm a, a bit of a Marvel nerd, was the uh, the Deadpool trailer, which I am now very, very excited for. Uh, I watched uh, the Marvels this weekend, landing on Disney+. Plus. See if we can get a plug in there, maybe a free subscription. But yeah, I watched the Marvels at the weekend, which is uh, a very good film if no one's seen it. And I'm, I'm hoping the, uh, the story continues with... Uh, with, with getting Deadpool and Wolverine, et cetera, involved. And some of the follow-up stuff from Hugh Jackman afterwards has been quite funny as well. So, uh, yeah, good to uh, good to watch, good to hear. Well, one thing I do want to mention is the ludicrous halftime show. I, I mean, I'm not saying an Usher halftime show. I know Usher was there and he did some stuff beforehand, but let's face facts, that came alive when Ludacris came on and, uh, and started rapping. That's what we were all really waiting for. It came alive with DJ Snake, mate. Come on. Just before, as soon as you hear Turn Down for War, I mean, I was sat there, you know, I think I might fall asleep in this halftime show. And it was no disrespect to Usher. He's got a lot of good songs. But the halftime shows I don't really like are the ones where they go, I'm going to put this song on for 20 seconds, this song on for 20 seconds. You don't do that. Take your hits. Take a few hits. Yeah, okay, he had quite a lot of hits, Usher, with others, people. But, you know, take a few good songs and build your show around that. And then, yeah, sprinkling a little bit here and there. Um, but yeah, when turned out for what came on, I found myself, you know, arm up on the sofa, up and down. I was, I was enjoying it. <laughs> it woke me up quite a lot. Um, but I have to say, when it comes to Super Bowl halftime shows, one will always be the top, and uh, our polls prove that in the week, and that will always be Prince. The Oracle strikes again. Yeah, if you uh, kept up with our polls on social media this week, the uh, Prince halftime show was the overwhelming majority vote for the best halftime show of all time. Me and John being thrown into the gutter with uh, crazy ideas of Bruce Springsteen and The Who, which uh, which didn't resonate with too many fans. But I think some purple tinted sunglasses were being worn when uh, when voted in that poll. Everyone loves Prince from Minnesota because he is uh, he is Mr. Minnesota himself, but. Uh, yeah, I like Usher. It was a bit slow for me. And I, what I did like is the inclusion of the band and all that sort of stuff. I thought that was pretty good. But uh, yeah, as for, for a man of my age, uh, turned down for what does nothing for me. But Ludacris is uh, is one of my all-time heroes, especially with that uh, that verse. Yeah, it was, it was an okay halftime show. Not really my style, not, nothing. I was sitting there watching at the bar alone. Uh, because unfortunately uh, I'd been let down, but uh, yeah, it was it was all right. It got got it was about the only time that the bar staff actually seemed interested in the game at all. When the halftime show came on, they were all singing Usher and everything like that and Ludacris. But yeah, it was it was an okay halftime show. Yeah. I- I would say okay. Okay is a good word for it, I suppose. I'm sure lots of people would disagree, especially Mr. Usher himself. But uh, yeah, uh, for me, it was just okay. Going back to the game, Super Bowl 58, the way that it ended, was it was it a, I don't know, it just felt like a bit of a kick in the teeth when I was, uh, when I was watching it. I posted on Twitter, uh, or X, whatever the kids are calling it these days, when the last two minutes, you can't give Patrick Mahomes a two-minute drive in a game and expect to come out on top. It just doesn't happen. And I, I, in fact, I posted at halftime, really great halftime, super, you know, good Super Bowl, 49ers doing really well, but can't help but think they haven't scored enough points to put this game away. 
and it really did come back to bite me in the ass because, like I say, the third quarter played out, the fumble happens, super Patrick Mahomes comes and, and does a last two-minute drive. And then in overtime, he does the same again. You, you you don't quite get the points that you need. You give him back the ball, and then all of a sudden he takes off again. So, uh, you know, well done to the guy. Well done to to Kelsey and and everyone else on the Chiefs team. Andy Reid's a phenomenal coach. I think some of the play calling in that was really good as well. Uh, you can't you can't be too disheartened, especially as I'm not a 49ers fan. But I just I just thought, thought this year was going to be their year to win. They say football is a game of inches. And it's also a game of small margins. And uh, one thing that they kept harking on about in the commentary was if you're going for, if you're going to drive down the field minutes to go in the game, you want to be chasing three points rather than four. And that missed point after, oof, that really came back to haunt the Niners. Yeah, sad. So I feel like we're, we're, we're ending the segment on a sad note, but really... I mean, we just watched a good game of football. The Super Bowl has happened. Super Bowl 58, everyone's enjoyed themselves. I think as a Vikings fan, you want to get yourselves there. And you want, you know, one thing, one question I've seen a, a little bit on social media today is, if you swap Purdy for a healthy Kirk Cousins, do the 49ers win that game? And I can't answer that question. I can easily win that game. Yeah, easily. I mean, I, I think that's not even a, that's not even a question. I think with a healthy Kirk Cousins, the 49ers easily win that game. A healthy Kirk Cousins could have taken any team in the NFC playoff race to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Big calls, gentlemen. Big calls. I think if you you know some people will question it, they'll go on. Oh well, you know Kirk Cousins can't win playoff games. That's what they'll say because he hasn't done so with the Vikings over the past four or five seasons. But uh, he has. He's won. He's won a playoff game. And you know, if, we, if we're looking for a positive, then you know, what more positive? What more positivity can you have than being very complimentary of your quarterback who may or may not come back? Sure, but you know. Oh, I tell you what was the positive. If you want to put Cousins, that man can move. That is how you show your back from an Achilles injury. I was not expecting that when watching the NFL awards. <laughs> and he can act as well because he sold the the intro that he didn't know what, we, what was happening. Uh, so he can act, sing and dance. So, yeah, Kirk Cousins, multi-talented media personality after he retires, hopefully with the Vikings after a couple of seasons. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'm sorry, Rich, you're wrong there. Let's face it, if we've learned anything from professional sportsmen who are well-loved, you don't know if they quite had it in as be the most clutch man out there. Pantomime. Would you not go see a, a Kirk Cousins panto? Kirk and the Beanstalk? Yeah, why not? Yeah, it could be a, a, a proper pivot into a different career after the NFL football. Uh, yeah, going down to the Alhambra at Bradford and seeing him in, uh, seeing him in Cinderella. Yeah, that'd be a totally different scene. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Oh, I knew you beat me to it. Oh. You were just slightly behind him, memories. Anyway, that wraps up our coverage of the Super Bowl this year. I think it's uh, it's always slightly disappointing when you're not talking about your team that got there uh, and the team that you sort of wanted to win. Uh, it's always a little bit disappointing when they didn't win. But congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to Mr. Mahomes, Mr. Kelsey, or Mr. Swift, as we all call him these days, and, uh, and Andy Reid, you know, Super Bowl, I suppose, well-deserved because, like I say, those last two drives, pretty special, pretty special. But talking about special, the next man that we're going to talk about, 
Mr. Tommy Bouchain has been a, a very special part of this club for a number of years. So, uh, so let's get into the big announcement and uh, relive and recall some of our favourite Tommy memories. As I'm sure a lot of you will have seen this week, our club president and definitely all-round nice guy, Mr. Tommy Bouchain, has announced his retirement from his role as president of the club. In a very poignant message to our fan club members, I can't have enough great words to say about Tommy. He's, uh, he's been a, a really great guy that since the time that I've known him, but um, I suppose really we should delve back into the archives and go to club vice president and co-founder John McDonald. Can you explain what, what Tommy means to you, what he means to the club and, and really how the club came about at all in its, in its entirety? Absolutely. First of all, I'd like to thank all the fans out there for their kind words to Tommy. We all know how much Tommy has given to this club over the years. And believe me, behind the scenes, he has given twice, maybe three times as much to this club than most fans could even realise. He has given up absolutely everything to this club over the last couple of years and made us, put us on the map and made us what we are. Words cannot express my gratitude to what Tom, Tommy has done for this fan base across the UK and across the UK NFL. He's really put us on the map. But uh, how it all came about, uh, it's really hard to think, really. All those years back, me and Tommy got chatting uh, through a NFL group and we were just like, we're both Vikings fans. Do you want to start up a, do you want to meet up in London one day, have a little chat and maybe start up a group? That's how it all started. 2015, we met up in a bar, got chatting, realised we got on with each other, and that's how it started. Started with two members meeting up in a bar, and here we are, seven, eight years later now. Yeah, seven, eight years later, hundreds, if not thousands, of members deep, hundreds, if not thousands, of stories to tell, and and people interacting with Tommy, Reese. No, I don't want to say you were a latecomer to the party, certainly uh, way before I was, but uh, come on, tell us your stories of old, tell us how you came to the club and what Tommy means to you. Yeah, uh, I, I sort of reached out on social media looking for uh, a fan club and uh, I found one 2017, of course that magical season with uh, Case Keenan where the roller coaster of emotions and it led to me wanting to go out of my comfort zone and wanted to go to one of these meetups that I'd, I'd heard so much about. And I remember the Packers game, I think it was week two of the 2018 season, the the match on the balcony of the Hippodrome, and around you know, 12, 15 people up there watching it in a casino uh, on a balcony overlooking a, you know the pit of gambling. I was thinking, this is interesting. And uh, it was one of the more spectacular spectacular games uh to watch and i remember saying to tommy i said well no all we need is all we need is a uh, a touchdown a two-point conversion he looked at me like i was crazy he says you've not supported this team for long enough to uh to know the heartbreak we've been through um and uh as soon as uh feeling came down with that touchdown uh touchdown grab that miraculous late hands touchdown grab he looked at me and he's like I, f- I think you're on it here <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, a big bear hug later. I was hooked into this uh, into this club 
and yeah, I, Tommy's done so much for me, you know, on a personal level, helping me bring up, bring me out my shell, and uh, yeah, love this, yeah, love this community that we've put together, and I can't believe from, you know, what it was with 15 people on a balcony one day in 2018 to, you know, a few years later being in London and having that, you know, taking over a whole street. It's amazing what this club's become. Yeah, I, I, what more can I add, really? Uh, I was a latecomer to the club as a as a self-admitted fair-weather fan for years after um, getting my first jersey sent to me by a family member living in Minnesota in the 90s. Like I say, being a very, very fair-weather fan up until uh, a few years ago. I think um, the COVID lockdown heightened the senses of everyone, really, and everyone tried to find something to keep themselves occupied. And uh, the season before that, the, 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 the 2019 season, I'd, I'd, I'd started to really pick up and, and get involved, um, in, not in the club, but in the Vikings, and really pay attention. And then during a bit of lockdown and uh, a couple of conversations later with Carl, actually, um, who's uh, on the admin staff of the club, he said, come along to one of our Manchester meets. Come on, don't don't be shy. Get yourself involved. So uh, uh, a, a happy clapper like myself getting on the train across the Pennines to uh, one of our Manchester meets. And it was the Ravens overtime game where I'd said at one point during the game, we can't lose this. <laughs> And that was the nail in the coffin of that game, but uh, but yeah, after that, Carl had um, had noticed my let's call it enthusiasm uh, for the Vikings and the club, and passed my details on to Tommy. And I met Tommy a couple of times after that. We had a Leeds meet, and uh, he came up for that. And he, uh, he he's just so infectious, really. The the passion that he's got for the team and the club and the people and the community. And, uh, you know, he took me a little bit under his wing and asked if I'd like to be involved in the club. And, you know, that was a, a, a really big moment for me. I, you know, of course, course I would, of course I'd want to be involved in getting closer to Vikings football. That's, that's an absolute fact. But a couple of stories that just epitomizes Tommy for me. Uh, when we were organizing the trip out to Minnesota, I live in Leeds, obviously, and the, um, the, flight was from Heathrow at six o'clock in the morning or something ridiculous and that travel down would have been a bit of a nightmare and Tommy without even question was just yeah come around stay at my house don't worry I'll put you up I was like okay that's that's great and I'd met Tommy and I thought you know that's generous to let me stay at your house and then I got there and he says oh Dave's coming in a bit I says who's Dave he says I don't know he messaged me and said he's coming on the trip so I said you could stay at my house <laughs> and he'd never met Dave before and it just epitomizes Tommy. He's just, he would give you the shirt off his own back if he could. Yeah. He's just a, a really nice guy and really generous. And yeah. like I say, loves the community. Absolutely. He's still going to be, he's still going to be around. He's just stepping away as a, as a president. So to, Tommy is not going anywhere, people. You, he will still, you'll still see his big smiling face, at, I'm sure, at meetups around the country. You, you, you'll never get rid of Tommy from this community. He is, yeah, he'll always be a part of it. Absolutely, absolutely. And like we say, I think on behalf of the club, and I know I'm speaking for everyone now, but definitely on behalf of the club, we'd like to say a massive, massive thank you to everything that Tommy has done for the club over the years, everything that Tommy has done for the community over the years. We would not be what we are now without Tommy. So, again, Tommy, 
Thank you very much. Go. Go. So as we say, thank you very much to Tommy. What we do have to do is look forward to the community and to the fan club and understand what's going to happen from now on. Um, I'm sure by the time you listen to this, you'll have seen the announcement of um, some of the movements that we've had to make amongst the admin staff. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll discuss that in the next segment, which we're going to talk about the future of the UK and Ireland Vikings fan club. So here we are, the dawn of a new era for the UK and Ireland Minnesota Vikings fan club. But one thing that is going to stay consistent going forward is obviously all-round nice guy and vice president of the club, Mr. John McDonald is staying on. John, come on, tell us what's going to happen going forwards. Good evening, gentlemen. I mean, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Just a trigger response now. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously, yeah, it's the dawn of a new era. We've we've been taken back a bit by this, but, uh, but we have to move forward and I, I will be staying on as vice president. I was offered presidency, but I chose not to because I, don't, I believe that there are better people out out there. And uh, the club admin had a vote and uh, chose you two deluded, uh, I mean, uh, well-rounded people as uh, co-presidents for the club. So, so with Tommy stepping away, we obviously need a new a new president but we decided tommy's got some big shoes to fill so we've chosen to go with two presidents co-presidents rich and reese yourselves will be stepping up there we will be looking to bring in new members of uh admin staff to help out across our social media as the club grows thank you very much for the intro john yeah i've spent the last few weeks introducing you two guys uh, on this show, but uh, yeah, I suppose I should probably introduce myself, Richard Dawson, co-president of the UK and Ireland Vikings fan club. It's an absolute honour to be um, asked, even to be considered to, to to help out the fan club, but to be voted in by the uh, the remainder of the admin staff is uh, pretty special, really. And uh, I'm I'm blown away, and also very um, very enthused to to get going because. As much as this club has achieved over the past few years, and it's an incredible amount, I still think there's more to go at. Every time I go to to, to somewhere and speak about NFL to someone, there's a, a new Vikings fan that hasn't heard of the club or hasn't joined up or isn't a member that you know we preach onto, and you know we can go anywhere. Us lot, we, we went to all the way to Minnesota and found an Irish guy in, a, in an airport and who's now a, a an honorary member of the club. You know, it's it's uh, it's still growing and it's still there's still got some stuff to do, but. Uh, I think me and Reese of uh, we bring something hopefully positive to the club going forward. Yeah, thank you, Rich. Uh, thank you, John, of course, and thank you, Tommy, as well. It's um, it was definitely a surprise when it came. I mean, I wasn't ever expecting the the news, but when we decided how or when we sort of discussed how we want to be going forward, it felt like it was going to be a big task. And a, a meeting took place and we sat down and Rich and I were like, well, why don't we both do it? And yeah, everyone was unanimous in their thoughts of thinking, yeah, I'm glad you two crazy folk are going to do this and not me. Um, and I, honestly, I've, since I'd say it's been knowledge within 
the admin staff for uh, a few weeks and you know the, the the team that are there in the admin staff currently have been you know fantastic in helping this transition be as smooth as possible and i can't thank i can't thank them enough i can't thank so of course yourself rich and and john rich dem darren who's recently come on board ella it's i can't forget carl of course because carl was carl you know i've always felt like what he was doing was so understated and going forth we'll probably hear a lot more of carl and if you know carl you know he's pretty hard not to hear so <laughs> um yeah i said we're looking forward to the times ahead and you know building this team and, and growing the fan base and just showing how great the vikings can be in the uk and ireland yeah absolutely concur with all of that reese um the job starts now let's let's not forget we've got a small game coming up this year um the vikings are coming over to london and hopefully we're going to get some stuff organized for that some some really uh, high expectations after what happened last time they were over so i'm hoping that we uh, deliver on that but uh, keep your keep your eyes on our social media feeds for hopefully some events planned for around that activity and uh, yeah all sorts of other stuff you know there's there's some things that we just need to get get done um we've gone from a two man band in a pub in london in 2015 to like i say hundreds and thousands hundreds if not thousands of followers and members on social media that uh, all need looking after so there's going to be some some stuff to do and make sure that everyone's happy but uh, yeah i'm like i say excited by the challenge and uh, really looking forward to to just building this community again like i've said it a few times in, in in a few of our podcasts we've got a very special community of of people uh, first and foremost that are all Vikings fans and we all look after each other and uh, it, it's nice to be part of. So uh, I'm looking forward to just that continuing more than anything else. But like I say, lots of other stuff planned, uh, London games coming up, more meetups, more events. Let's see what we can get done. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Cool. So we've talked about the game. We've talked about Tommy. We've talked about the future. I think it's time to go get some rest now after a, a very long night of football. I'm sure we could all do with the extra hours. So uh, time to wrap it up. I'm sure it's now time. I know for a fast, fast few weeks, we've had to talk about this playoff nonsense that we've not been part of. But now the exciting stuff happens because off-seasons Vikings football is going to be the focus of our podcast going forward. And there's a few things that we need to sort out. Who's going to play quarterback? Are we going to re-sign Daniel Hunter? Who's going to be uh, calling offensive plays going forward? Should that change? All sorts of different questions and topics that we need to cover. So uh, do you want to come back and start those conversations next week, gentlemen? 100%. I mean, kind of obliged to with this new role, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't shy away. You can't, can't hide in the shadows now, mate. You're at the front <laughs> and centre. What about you, John? You coming back? Absolutely. I can't. I love talking to you, gentlemen, over the on the Monday night. Yeah, there's, a, there's not. Monday's one of those days that you don't really look forward to, but I do because I get to speak to you two about Vikings football. So, uh, yeah, let's come back again next week. Let's talk a little bit more about Vikings off-season football. And I've read somewhere that there is, from day of release of this podcast, 70 days until the NFL draft, which we're all looking forward to. Are we moving up? Are we moving down? Are we staying at 11? Are we drafting a quarterback? 
loads of questions to be answered and of course there's some contract situations that we need to figure out before then so yeah let's all come back and let's speak about Vikings football the next few weeks but uh, thank you everyone for tuning in thank you for listening to us again uh, it's been uh, it's been nice to talk football as it always is but uh, yeah we'll we'll welcome you back next week where we'll have new things to discuss and new topics to go over so we'll see you again next week thank you for tuning in say goodbye gentlemen goodbye, goodbye gentlemen. gentlemen thank you very much Tara. <laughs>